Hey everybody, this is Logan. And this is Kurt. And we have a deal for you. Tinkerbot Games, the company that brought you Golstal, is giving you a heck of a deal through us. Through the month of September, you can get 20% off of Golstal. Gosh, I love that game. Yeah, that is one of our family favorites, isn't it? It sure is. And you know what else is awesome? You actually get free worldwide shipping to anywhere in the world. Cool. Darn right it is. Go to TinkerbotGames.com right now. Use the code MFGCast20 when you're checking out to get this great deal. And what makes this a really good deal is Tinkerbot Games is based in England, so if you're here in the States or in other countries, it's the international shipping is quite a lot. So that's a great deal. You get 20% off and you get the free worldwide shipping. Worldwide! <laughs> And remember, if you don't buy this game, then I won't get to eat tonight? What do you mean I don't get to eat? Oh, you read it, so it must be true. What? y'all welcome to the mfg cast i know everyone hates it don't they i even hate it i just did it (laughs) (laughs) i was doing a lot of like old old school like i felt like i was doing like old school like really bad cheesy like western voice today so i figured that would just be the best way to do this oh that's what that was okay i just went (laughs) (laughs) that's what that was (laughs) that's probably what everyone else is saying too what the hell was that? I thought maybe there was like a helium leak in your house or... You yeah, know. well, <laughs> that could be very... That could definitely be the thing. This is not the worst Western podcast you've ever listened to. This is the MFG cast. Hi, guys. I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. Enjoy the slow gas leak while you can. <laughs> Are you getting sleepy, everyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you smell eggs? Do you smell really bad eggs? <laughs> Get out of your house now. Just a little tip from us. Today we will be talking about, uh, I'm going to call this episode, How Many Plays. So, you know, how many plays does it take for you to get used to something? How many plays does it take for you to wonder if you even like a game? Uh, how many plays does it take to you for you to get the strategy that you want? And then, you know, after that many plays, do you get it? Or do you just break it all down and go to the next thing? You know? So... Yeah, because uh, after 25 plays, you're still working on mastering that strategy of Cards Against Humanity, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, is this more awful than the other card? I don't know. We got. It. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. But before we talk about that, let's talk about what we're now playing. Um, I'll go first. I will just talk about one game, and I'll, I got a couple of games, but one game I'll talk about uh, with Dan when he starts talking about it for his now playing, but. Uh, the one I got to play is um, a game that Mike got for Christmas, and it's uh, the game for the movie Labyrinth. 
the uh, Labyrinth of the Board, the movie, the board game. The Jim Henson game, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I Well, let's just say this. If you like the Labyrinth, you will like this game. If you don't like the Labyrinth, you may not like this game. Because I think you have to have nostalgia for that movie to be into it. Yeah, it's it's it feels like the game should have came out when the movie did. Yeah. Based on the fact that it's actually like roll and move, but it's using <laughs> D&D dice. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that it you know, it's it's a simple game. It's it's a game that, you know, there's spaces on the board that are spots for cards, and then once you get into an open spot, you place a card there and do what it says. And just like Dan said, it's just a rolling dice game, you know, it's like okay, you know, this part of the movie, you know, like, it's the dance where, you know, Jareth appears and he's trying, you know, trying to dance with you and stuff like that. Roll, you know, roll to get out of it or whatever, you know, like, when I explain it, it probably doesn't sell it very well. But, like, just some of the things that it actually does, and it it's hard for me to explain, but some of the ways that it puts it in there and makes the, you know, makes the cards into the parts of the movie and stuff like that. It actually is pretty is quite brilliant for a, a roll and move, basically. Yeah, I'm so I'm going to make a quick hot tag here. It is a co-op game where the four different people of the movie are actually spaced out, like just like in the movie, they have to all find each other to group up to fight Jareth and against the goblins and everything, which is great. Yeah, and it's cool because, like we were mentioning, like the D and D dice, the polyhedral, so it'll be like. You know, like, one character may have, like, the D12 for movement. Why, uh, you know, like, the warrior will have, like, the D12 for combat. Yeah. And it's all about, like, compensating for each other's weaknesses by, you know, the power of friendship and the bonds you make along the way. Yeah. So it's like once it's like once you meet up, then you, you know, depending on how many people are on the same space, they actually can move together. And then everybody gets a chance at trying to, you know, win this this you know whatever whatever skill challenge it is it's like wit speed strength and something else i forget what the other one is yeah there's like a combat a cunning movement and one other i can't remember yeah. what it is but um yeah i only played it like once or twice but it was really fun i like the miniatures are great yep i also remember when river horse was like oh we're putting out like limited edition like bigatures where it's like oh the miniatures except it's like 10 times the size but they were selling them for like $129 or something ridiculous. And it's like, everyone's like, no, yeah, I'm sorry, no. Like, yeah. Well, even in the base box, they have like, uh, you can get like some of the goblins or something like that. Like the, the goblins you see at the beginning. But it's like, all you get is those miniatures and a, like five cards. I'm like, that's weird. And <laughs> what I love is it's like, the expansion is only $29.99. The expansion's on sale for $19.99. Uh, we got a we got a fire sale for those goblin miniatures. They're only ten dollars right now, and then it was like five dollars with any purchase. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, if you were selling an expansion for thirty dollars and the game's already forty dollars, then it's kind of hard to, you know, when you're not getting that much, it's hard to be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, when it's an expansion, like take for example. Uh, like the Lords of Waterdeep, when you buy Scoundrels of Skullport, it's like, oh, like there's new lords and new buildings and new quests and like, like oh, cool. And like this new corruption track and like, like Zulkin, the Mayan calendar, like, oh, here's new ways of doing this. Like a lot of these games, like these $30 expansions offer a lot of stuff. It's like, hey, you know that roll and move game that's like a 5.4 on BGG? <laughs> yeah. 
there's an expansion for it. Like, okay, it's $30. Sorry, what? <laughs> what do I get? Miniatures? Like, like four or five cards or something? Yeah. No. But, no, but the game's, like, really fun, isn't it? Well, if it was really fun, it would be more than a five, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I, I will, you know, I'm not disparaging this game at all, actually, because I totally had a ton of fun with it. And the funny thing is, too, yeah, and the funny thing is, too, is that I put the soundtrack on my phone and played it, and I swear to God, every time a track came up, we got that card, and we were doing that part of the movie, I was like, this is so awesome. (laughs) Just to let you know, I really fucking love this movie, by the way. I would watch it day in and day out. I don't have it, which is unfortunate. I used to have it on VHS for people that are old. But, like, I really got to get this for other stuff because, man, or get a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever because I really, I love this movie so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's like, first of all, uh, are featuring arguably one of the most beautiful human beings on Earth. <laughs> uh, and also starring, like, one of the other most beautiful human beings on Earth. It's like two of the greatest people that, you know, uh, has ever been created is <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. And uh, how can you forget the dance magic dance? Uh, yeah. It's like oh greatest thing ever. Yeah, and like none of none of the songs actually made sense, but they were just groovy because David Bowie did most of them. And he did well. That's it. He made all the music for the movie. Yeah, which is insane. That's, ins- that's you know? crazy. And uh, and the best is at the end of the game. This, this you know because we got super derailed on this one, but let's not forget at the end of the game if you actually manage to beat Jareth in like the the contest. You have to recite the line that uh, Zara constantly forgets in the movie. Otherwise, you still lose. Yep. Because you need to remember that line to reclaim your brother from the Goblin King. Yep. And I love that when we played this game, they also have a card where it's the beginning of the movie where it's like, you remind me of the bay. What babe? The bay with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. <laughs> Who do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Like, I knew that verbatim it was my car when it came up and i'm like i'm kicking this car's ass <laughs> first of all i'm gonna save that audio clip and make that my ringtone <laughs> oh i could sing it even better than that uh, um and also i was gonna quick say one of the things that we did when we were playing the game is like as soon as we started the very first role i looked at kim and i go in nine hours and 34 minutes you'll be mine (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome there's so many good parts that movie and the cool thing about uh, the other cool the best cool thing about this game is we got to the end uh we got to the part where we're gonna get to we got to jareth we got like the when you get inside the goblin castle or whatever you have to fight these big boss guys basically and we whooped every single one of them and got to the end and lost. It was so awesome. Yeah. Two other great lines to use in the game was like at one point Kim rolled and she got like really bad rolls. And I was like, so what did you roll? And she goes, ah, oh, nothing. So of course it's like, nothing, 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 tra-la-la. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, you can't help but to quote lines yeah, from the exactly. movie when you play. When they come up, you're going to do it. <laughs> so what about you, Dan? What have um, you been playing lately? Now, real quick, we were talking about Labyrinth for like 10 minutes. Now, this amazing deep game we'll only talk about for five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, Stonemaier is awesome, and it's always fun to like revisit their things. Um, we started playing Vita Culture again, and hot damn, I keep forgetting how good this game is. Like, It's so weird. Every time I play it, I'm like, why am I not playing this every week? Yeah. It is, first of all, it's a worker placement that scales amazingly at two players and at six players. By 
having restrictive spaces on each area based on your player count. Already amazing. Player tableaus where you can build up your vineyard in different ways than other players. Like you might decide to go for the windmill and tasting room and try to make a victory point engine by planting really small fields and getting a point there and then giving wine tasting tours to earn some money and to get victory points on your tours. Totally viable. You might just be a, like, you know, burgeoning to pump out amazing wines and increasing your sellers to fill these like fantastic orders and get victory points in an income economy like that. Totally viable. Like there's so many ways to go about this game. It's great. Visually, you got to admit, we only got to play on Tabletopia, but how great does everything look? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, you know, again, it's just a a testament to Jamie Stegmaier just making great games, you know? It's like, and, and again, it, you know, unless you're, you know, really in love with a theme like, oh, let, oh, I'm going to be growing these, you know, grapes and I'm going to make in this wine and stuff like that. It's like, I like wine. I like drinking wine. I like what how it makes me feel. I don't know if I want to do the stuff beforehand, you know, but just the way he makes the game and, you know, the cards involved and the different strategies, like, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal, you know, in, in talking about how many, you know, how many plays I'll start, you know, I'll even go before this even topic even hits, hits go, you know, some games you just know from the get go that you're going to love. And by the first play of this, I'm like, oh, well, I got to get this game now eventually. And that's the thing that I love about this game. Like when you start playing Viticulture, like it's so weird. Like I know it's like worker placements, right? Sometimes worker placements have the, oh man, I got to figure out like how these things work. And some worker placements are like, better choose wisely, man. Mm -hmm. You make a mistake, you're going to get dusted. (laughs) Viticulture feels inviting when you play it. I don't know if it's the vibrant colors. I don't know if it's that because it's so simple in how things work. You know, the game is very language dependent. Like, cause you'll draw a card and it'll say straight out. Like, uh, so I'm just grabbing a random card from like one of the new expansions, the visitors from Rhine Valley. It's like the supporter, you choose two. You draw a vine card, you gain two coins or draw an order card. So, I mean, it's language dependent, but that being said, it's like, what's nice about it being language dependent is that it's very easy for everyone to understand their cards. It's like gain $4 or draw two order cards. Oh, let me see. I, I think I understand how that works, you know? And, like, all the spots are very simple because it's like, go here for $2, but if you take the middle spot, you get one bonus dollar. And that's available in, like, three and higher player count games. That's also shown on the side of the board. Everything is very simple laid out. There is, don't get me wrong, it's not like, oh, this game is easy, I'm going to win it every time. There is definitely, like, involvement in strategy and planning. But what's great is, like, I, I have the original Vita Culture with Tuscany. I finally got to play Viticulture Essentials, and it includes like some of the expansions that were in Tuscany, like the Mamas and the Papas and uh, the selling of the fields and all these things. And that's pretty cool. I like that. Like I like that Stonemeyer was like, um, you know, like we want to put a little more in here. These things are a little more involving. It's a little more gamery. Like it makes it a little deeper. And they included it. They didn't have to make this. And some people complain like, oh, it's confusing because no, I don't know what's in one. If you don't own it, you'd buy Essential Edition, and you can always buy Tuscany Essential if you wanted to, too. And what's great is, like, in the Tuscany stuff, they also include things like making tomato sauces, and you can, like, make cheeses. And I think they even have something where you can deal with the mob, which is <laughs> which is crazy and amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things, like, when we were learning on Tabletopia, like, 
I, you know, it takes me a bit to get into games, you know, learning stuff and stuff like that. But even on Tabletopia, it's a little, it's a little harder too, because it's, you know, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's kind of harder to see, like the app is great, but sometimes it's just, you know, I have to zoom in and zoom out and try to get things. But like, as soon as we got started, I was like, wow, this is actually very streamlined and very easy to figure out, you know? So I didn't, I didn't have that much of a problem with it where I thought I would, you know, I thought I would just be like, okay, well, you know, this will be a trial game before I actually play the real game, you know, but, uh, and, and you learned it in like, what, like five minutes? Like how long was it teach? Like five to 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. And I mean, to be fair, like that's on Tabletopia where we have to keep scrolling around and I can make sure I can see your icon circling. I mean, if we were like face to face, it would have been like, you know, like even less, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, <laughs> I at some point I, we should actually find out if Stegmeyer will ever like endorse our show because I've been a champion for Charterstone for ages. But I would say, like, I would say Viticulture is probably a must-have for your worker placement slot in your collection. Yeah, because you can either play it as an intro for people where it's like fun and inviting, or you can make it like a you know what, like this Sunday, let's like invite a few friends over, get a few bottles of wine. We're going to get a couple of cheeses. We're going to have like a wine and cheese tasting and pair it up with Vita Culture. And it would be fantastic. Like people would love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about how Vita Culture is great and how it has like a little bit of depth of strategy card. Would you say that emerging strategy and finding out how to get better at these games is something we should talk well, about? Well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, this, this, topic that we have is kind of broad so it, you know you can say like I didn't want to like put a number on it you know because when I when I thought about it I was like okay let's just call it how many plays you know because there's you know there's going to be you know uh, different amounts of plays depending upon your game and how involved it is and how well you understand it and stuff like that but you know I almost feel like most people like even me can you know play a game you know one or two times and go okay Am I going to get this, you know, in five plays? Am I going to get it in 20 plays? Am I never going to get it? <laughs> you know, you know, I think it's, you know, it just depends upon, you know, how your brain works, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of uh, how much you learned in your f- first play, how did that food chain magnate treat oh, you? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to make that part of this conversation. Um, let's just say I watched a few videos and then we started to learn. Smart. Yep. And then we started to learn it. And yeah, um, at first I thought I figured it out. About well, we played the introductory game, which got got rid of the milestones and got rid of certain things that kind of made it a little too a little more involved, you know. Yeah. And um, then I got into the middle of the game, and then all of a sudden it was like my brain just shut down completely. I told Tracy, <laughs> I said, I think I almost cried for a minute because I was like, my brain was like, what are we doing right now? what cards am I playing? Am I just, am I just hiring people to hire people? You know, it's, it's a game that's very involved. It's actually not as hard to learn as you would think, but it like after my first play, I'm like, yeah, this is a game I would have to play at least 10 times to get a strategy for. Yeah. It's, um, so like, uh, with how we're saying like Viticulture, it can like fit in as your intro worker placement or like your casual afternoon worker placement. So again, like when you brought up the topic, like a lot of the, you know, like I was thinking of things like that and how a lot of board games, like we mentioned before, how it's like, first we used to say board games age like dogs. Now they age like bees where it's like, 
Oh, it's been 20 days. I'm never going to see this thing ever again. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to get emergent strategy on games when it's like every week. It's like, okay, today we're going to learn this. Today we're going to learn that. And it's, oh, I wanted to play that smithing game again, but I guess we'll play that in four years now. And it's, you know, it's sometimes hard to get strategies when with the cult of the new, you know? So one of the things that I was thinking about is just like, you, there's there is a lot of games that do deserve the repeated play, you know. It's like uh, I'm trying to force myself to the uh, like at least once a month game. Like choose a game where like for a year, like at least once a month it hits the table, so people can get better. Yeah. Even though it's like again like on lighter side like Lords of Waterdeep. Whenever we used to play it, I used to be no matter what Lord I was doing or whatever, I was like I want to do all the Arcana quests because they have the coolest plot abilities. Where it's like oh every time I play an entry card I can draw another one. Now it's like. You know, and I used to do decent at the game, but I would like lose like crazy. Then I started like focusing strategy, actually paying attention to corruption, like what's a, what is a worthwhile amount, making like smarter moves. And now, like I've actually like broken two hundred a time or two, you know, with lords. You know, and it used to be like my old scores were like eighty. You know, it's like the playing and refining definitely made me a better player for that game. And now I enjoy it. Like if I go to a con or something. I'm like, oh, all these people are strangers. I'll drop, you know, mandatory quests on them. Like, there's no tomorrow. I don't know you. I don't know I'm gonna see you again. You're gonna get this quest. And like, playing more strategically and planning, like playing like a lord who wants to rule a city, as opposed to going, I like spell wizards, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I do enjoy like that, going back to the same well to improve what you can do. There. Yeah, and I, I think that. That that's a good that's a good conversational piece. Like, okay, so when you know, sometimes when people are playing a game, it's like, okay, I'm just getting away from everyday life. I, you know what, my job is I'm a uh, accountant or something like that. I'm always doing numbers, and you know, and my head hurts from doing numbers all week. Let's play this game where I'm not, you know, I'm not going to use <laughs> as much of my brain space as possible. May I just want to have a little bit of fun? Well, it's like, okay, are you going to do that? Or are you actually going to use you know what you your faculties to actually plan those strategies to win that game or are you just gonna wing it you know i feel like um one of the reasons why i've been able to win some of these games i've been playing lately is that you know i do that a lot is where i play a game and i go well this is fun you know i'm just gonna you know i'm just gonna go through and see what happens and if i win i win and if i don't i don't well this time or lately i've been doing the whole thing where it's like okay i'm gonna play this game I'm going to try to develop that strategy and see where it takes me, you know, and, and not just go, okay, well, let's just kind of see what happens. You know, I'm actually like from, you know, from, you know, the get go, if it's something that I know, you know, I'm like, okay, well then, you know, let's see where this goes, you know, and if you're not, if you're not taking those plays to build those strategies, then you won't have that knowledge. So, and there's also like the difference between like strategy and tactics and all that. Like, and I heard this on tons of podcasts where, you know, like tactics is the short term or the reactive and strategy is a long term. And uh, like my buddy George Z, who came by today and we're going to be doing some tabletop soon. I noticed like in most of the games like Sagrada, Azul, and all those like puzzle style games, he does exceptionally well. He's like very good at planning out like the long-term success of these games of that nature, like these like little abstract puzzly games. And like even like games like Santorini or The Duke, you know, you don't necessarily know what's going to come out, so you can't really plan ahead, you know, based on which god you are in Santorini, it's like how you have to act. But 
by playing repeatedly and like tuning in on the strategies like yeah your god might be playing differently but just like recognizing patterns and movements like reading your opponent you know like sometimes that factors into your strategy like if i was playing santorini versus you or like versus kim i'm going to play it differently even if we were matched up the same way you know now like one thing i'm curious about too for you is like when it comes to these strategies, how much do you think like relies on the game, and how much do you think relies on reading your opponents? <laughs> you know, that's yeah. That it, I think it just depends upon the game. I mean, like you know, going back to uh, Food Chain Magnate, um, like you know, this that game is more of a reactionary game where it's like, okay, well, you have to figure out what your opponents are doing, and then adjust accordingly. And it's kind of hard to have that. Well, you could, you know, possibly have like, you know, you know, a couple scenarios in your head, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily going to work out that way. You know, where other games you could probably, you know, have that thing where it's like, okay, I've played this game with this person so many times and they go down this road every time. So I know how to cut them off at the pass. Yeah. Like, so that's one thing I was thinking about too. Like when it comes to like refining the strategy, right? Now, here's, here's another question for you with this field. When it comes to helping other players, right? Like, my theory has always been iron sharpens iron. You know, you need to play against great players to get better at your game. So when other players are making mistakes or missing opportunities, do you ever feel like that helping them out helps refine your strategy? Like, you're helping them make the better plays, so you have to play better, too? Oh, yeah. And it's funny because, like, it's funny when I do it, too, because I don't feel myself as, like, the most strategic player. So sometimes when I do make that comment, like, oh, you know, you probably want to do this. And you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> like, How did I just do that? You know, it's like, oh, I actually have more, more strategy, more knowledge of this game than I thought I actually did. Yeah, because like um, sometimes like when we're playing games, like when Kim gets help from other people, she's like, "Oh, I kind of feel like I'm cheating because I didn't come up with that plan on my own." And it's like, no, no, no. Like if you just take the points and you don't care, yeah, that's kind of bad. But if you learn from this, like I will only tell you this advice one time when we play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is now your strategy to remember this for future plays. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that goes back into like the reason of like why I I want to start playing some of these games more often. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's like like, you know, some of those games like, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, like if you're talking about lighter and heavier games like like this food chain magnate, like I like during that part where my brain was freaking out, I literally said, I'm never playing this game again. I'm like, there's no way because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not going to get caught in this whole thing. And especially with this game, it they everybody that's played this game tells you. You could get behind and be behind for the rest of the game. And that part is tough, especially if you're not good with losing, <laughs> you know? So, you know, but towards the end, it started to kind of sink in a little bit again. And I'm like, and then, you know, Mike actually made the, Mike was like, yeah, we should get together again and play it with Tracy. And I said, you know what? That would actually be kind of fun because I think that with having three people now, then, you know, if one person's doing one strategy and you don't quite like that, then maybe the other person will kind of foil that or you can, you know, have a strategy with another person, you know, what they're doing and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll try this again just to see how that works out and stuff like that. But again, because that, you know, going back to what I was talking about, a game that's, you know, uh, plays shortly and a game that plays long, it's like this game, we had to plan a Saturday out to do it because, 
they say it takes two oh, yeah. to, two to four hours, and the introductory game took us two hours. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like, do we want to bring out these games and play them a bunch because they're going to eat up a bunch of your time? <laughs> so it's like, okay, do you, you know is that something that you really want to do, or you know do you not want to do it? You know, so it's sometimes you have to weigh those options. You know, because like I thought about it the other day, I was like, you know what, I just keep seeing. Uh, uh, oh my god! I just I just lost it. What's that? Uh, what's the um, no siesta? What's the original game? Why can't I think of it? Lagrange. Lagrange. It's like I when I I played that a couple times. Once with once with Tracy and once with uh, Mike. And I'm like I want to get this game so bad to the table again because I liked it. And I, because unfortunately because we you know me and Mike were learning it the first time and I was teaching it to Tracy the second time. I didn't develop a str- like that much of a strategy, so it's like I'd like to get that to the table again to play that more. But again, it's like okay, you know, is Tracy gonna want to play it? She might have not have cared for it. You know, is Mike gonna gonna want to play it? Maybe there's something else in the in the pipeline that he really enjoys. You know, so it's like yeah, you know, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah, and it's like I always f- figure it ties into the thing too of. You know, like we always say with the MFG cast, like we're talking about the games you should be playing. You know, some of the, like, it's hard to f- make sure that the game is worth that investment of time to develop these strategies, right? But certain games, like any game that's worth strategy, I think is one that two days later you're thinking about again. Like, you know, like La- like Lagrania or something like that, where you're like, oh man, like what if I if I went for those roofs a little differently? And oh my God, maybe I didn't use enough of the cards as helpers. I should probably use more of them as helpers as opposed to goods and everything. I love all that feel, you know, um, one of the, one of the other favorite designers, of course, like Alexander Pfister, most of his games are not overwhelmingly complex to play, but man, you want to talk strategy, like, oh my goods, you know, that's a game where you can play it 10 times and just get trashed because you're like, well, I don't, you know, I can't make things. I'm not making enough money. That's why I keep losing. But knowing when to discard, paying attention to what the resources your buildings take, looking into making an engine that can fuel itself instead of relying on outside cards you can you can do really well at oh my goods once you start developing like those tactics and strategy hand in hand but if you just go oh yeah put it on the table and let's just play it you're gonna get trounced probably every time like you might get a fluke win here and there but not planning out in that game will cost you dearly yeah yeah you know but go ahead i was gonna say you look at the flip side of port royale and yeah, you can play that lighter. You know, it's like same designer, but you know, it's not like every one of his games are like I demand a hundred plays for you to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could mess around with Port Royale. It's like it's finding the game that is worth your investment to get better at. Yeah. So here's another question then, and I've I post this on Twitter and Facebook too. It's like how many, you know, what games have you played that the like maybe the first time you played that game, you're like, whoa, I know exactly where I'm going with this game. Or is there another game where it's like, okay, I played this game 52 times and I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing with it? <laughs> Probably my first 20 plays of Lords of Water. <laughs> this game is fun. You keep losing, though. I know, but it's fun. But I'm still losing. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things, too, that I always think is kind of funny. Like, uh, the, the difference between fun and strategy. Like, when people are like, oh, like, I don't play this game to win. I play to have fun. Well, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Like, you can have fun and win. Like, you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> but, 
you know, it's like you can have fun and develop strategies in a game too. Don't don't think that they can't go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and a lot of these games, like especially ones now, I feel like, and there's some back in the day too, but like some of them that when the designers design them, they don't think of just you know one to one to five strategies. I mean, there are some games that you can find quite a few strategies even after the fact of that, you know? So it's like, you know, don't, and don't be afraid to like, you know, unless it's, unless it's a game that you know is going to take forever and you don't want to do that strategy. Cause you know, maybe you think that it's a little out of your league, you know, try different strategies. You know, if you're doing these different plays, don't just go, okay, well, I'll just do the one thing that I always do and I'll win the game. You know, it's like, you know, try something else to, maybe you'll find something that, you know, sparks you know a new way of doing it or maybe it sparks something that you missed you know yeah it's, it's like um the one thing that was pretty that was pretty entertaining though was like i was thinking back to like the days of magic mm-hmm. you know like the making a deck like a strategy in and of itself and i think that's why every so often like i still dig games like star wars destiny or uh, like mage wars or something and it's like, yeah, the strategies and what goes into those games, like that could take over your life. Yeah. It's like, sorry, boss, need to leave job, must win regional tournament next month. <laughs> but like even for like, you know, simpler tabletop games, man, it's like, you know, like find a game that you really enjoy, look into it. And I think that's like kind of the heart of that 10 by 10 challenge that started up years ago. They, the idea of playing the game deeper to find out what it offers in strategy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, even uh, Flippy on our Facebook page, you know, he said, you know, like, as far as the plays go, like, in checkers, both play, both players have the same pieces, so it's easier to just, you know, play that game. Where in Magic, just like you said, each player has a customized deck, so they have to play it accordingly. So, you know, it just, you know, it, dep- it depends upon the game and stuff like that, you know? So, now the thing that I'm curious about is, is, is do you have a game right now that you're like, outside of, course, food chain back game, but you're like, you know what? I want to keep playing this. I want to get better at this. I want to figure out how to be like the king of kings when it comes to this yeah. game. Like, do you have a game yeah, like that right I now? Do, I have a couple of them, and it's they're games that I talk about that it's, um, and I think we talk about too. It's like Zagrada and Azul, like those games that that are just super fun. But for some reason, it's like okay, I've never, I have not found these strategies to win these darn games. So it's like, you know, I want to play them more so I can get that. You know, it's like it's like watching a movie. You know, it's like okay, you've got this this football team that just has never won a game ever, and then they get to the end, and they're all <laughs> the best players, and they get the you know they're better than they were, and they won this game against the big team, even though it's their only one win of the season, but it's triumphant. You know, it's like I want to get to that point. So you want a mighty duck it? I sure do. You damn right. I want a jersey, and I'll jump up and down. Oh, be great. Yeah, I figured out, like, for me to, like, win Azul and Sagrada, all I have to do is make sure, like, both George Z and Cam are not playing, and then I should be fine. As long as they're not at the table, my chances increase drastically. <laughs> Don't do that. Come on, no. Don't be like, hey, yeah. do you know anything about this game? No? Okay, well, then we'll play it, because <laughs> I want to get... Awesome, let's set it up right yeah, now. <laughs> my BGG stats are so terrible. I need to play against somebody who's never played. Oh, wait, you won? I, I think, uh... <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. What's your name, Thomas? I'm never playing this game with you again, Tommy. Peace. <laughs> I think for me, like, I actually, I want to put, like, a little more work into Vita Culture. Figure out the timing of, like, how to, you know, like, uh, like, divergent engines to 
like match pace with my opponents. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I always hold I'll hold in there, but I, I can never like seal the deal on victory. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, some games are just they're just like that, you know? Like I love playing Lords of Waterdeep and learning strategies and stuff like that too, because you know, you get you know, just with that game, you get the, you know, you get those, you know, different uh, lords or whatever. So then you're going a different strategy with different cards and stuff like that. So it's like that, that just, it, it just, that's a game that um, is asking for multiple plays because you're playing different things and getting those different strategies or like playing like um, Imperial Settlers because you've got the, you know, the different, um, uh, um, uh, I don't know what, what what you would like nations, nations and yeah exactly and so it's like you know each one of those has a different strategy so you have to play those accordingly yeah it's like I you know it's, oh god no I want to play Imperial Settlers thanks now that you mentioned <laughs> that I have to break that up well hey you get you got a, you've got people coming over so <laughs> yeah so and apparently I'm like I'm blowing up here because uh, I guess people are finally messaging me like man I want to play games let's do this. So, uh, so I want to oblige. I want to oblige those people. So we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but I'm curious as to uh, like what out there. Like, what is a game that you know? Because like I said, you know, it's so cold to the new now. Like this game is on Kickstarter. Like, oh man. Like I just got Everdell. Everdell is awesome. Like, oh god, man. I'm so glad I got Root. This is great. And you know, it's September right now. We know by Christmas, people are like, oh, I got this new thing. Like, what about Root? Root can suck my ass. I'm. <laughs> I got this now. It's like. <laughs> but what game do you see yourself giving that time to uh, you know now we always ask people to uh to you know to write us on twitter or an email or a facebook group do it this time that's, that's all i'm asking for actually do it this time don't go i'll do it later do it right now exactly you know? we'll be we'll be i have my phone in hand right now waiting for your waiting for your response yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying that if you, you send us in what game you're really focused on right now, that a stranger will approach you in the next 10 minutes with a cookie. But I'm also not saying that a stranger won't approach you in the next 10 minutes with a cookie if you send this message to us. So let us know what you're playing, what you think is worth your time, and what game you're trying to refine your strategy in to, to rule the table. The one meeple to guide yeah, the That's moment. right. That's right. Let us know. So, again... Uh, that was us talking about how many plays. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.